Hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of The Long Box, guys. With me as always is some of my very best friends since I was a very little kid. Josh, how you doing and what are you drinking? I'm doing pretty good. I had had a beer lined up for tonight, but it didn't end up being cold enough, so I'm defaulting to Jack's Abbey shipping out of Boston. Uh, uh, it's it's a it's a fine dark lager from them. I'm going to have to try it because I just love Jack's Abbey and I do like a nice dark lager. Yeah, Jack's Abbey, it's a nice just beer. down the street for me. Is I it? Their beer is it is. mostly okay. Yeah, yeah, Jack's Abbey's. Yeah, you can walk right from the here. Corner. Oh, yeah, I can definitely Neat. walk there from Melty's house. <laughs> so, LT, what are you drinking tonight? I'm guessing you're not drinking Abbey. water. Why? Oh. Did you lose a bet with God? What's going on? I, I had to do a bunch of paperwork after this. Oh, sorry about that. Does that mean you should be drinking? Yeah, you should be drinking. You should be drinking bureaucracy juice. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> the horny bureaucrat. I'll make that drink up for you. Mikey, how you doing? What are you uh, drinking? I'm doing excellent, and I am also drinking water because I have to take two online trainings after this. Do I have they to can't... make you guys drink? Speaking Maybe. of making, no. one of the best makers of anything in the whole Marvel Universe is who we're talking about today. I'm talking about Elijah W.J. Forge. I don't know his real name. <laughs> Nobody knows his real name. He doesn't have a real name. Well, he does and well, he doesn't. Claremont came up with a name, but it was never introduced in comic books. No, but I think it was in the who's who in Marvel, his real name. Uh, but I don't think they ever said it in a comic book. I'm so glad that's true because I, I honestly just didn't know what his name was. <laughs> his name was Daniel Lone Eagle. Lone Eagle. According to, uh, yeah, just um, Claremont's notes essentially tell us that that's what he planned on naming him. But nobody ever decided to really give him a name. And he was created way back in Uncanny X-Men number 184, just after the greatest issue of uh the x-men that claremont was ever made to sign five times in one weekend <laughs> story can be heard on our earlier podcast if you guys aren't patreon patrons but forge is a mutant uh he started out he's a native american he's cheyenne he was a sergeant in the army in the vietnam war he was a sniper he uh, had a uh, a schism with in his younger days prior to the war. He was being trained as the medicine man in his uh, in his tribe, and he had a schism with his mentor because he kept relying so much on technology because of his mutant ability. And we know Forge is the guy who can invent, invent anything he needs on the spot, given limited materials, and that's sort of his shtick. Uh, he has a very heightened intelligence around. Uh, invention and engineering and he has a limited ability to actually see how energy and technology flows through things even unfamiliar energies uh, so he can quickly figure out how things work how things are connected and he can rewire fix and stuff intuitively so while he is a great engineer he actually invents a lot of stuff he himself doesn't understand how it works because of his mutant ability so he knows he does know that it does work, but he doesn't really know all the intricacies of the technology behind it because he can rewire, say, Shire technology to his needs. He doesn't really need to know under understand the underlying technology. So he's 
Um, he's created his own cybernetic limbs, which he also hides a bunch of spare parts in so he can make stuff he needs on the fly, which one of my favorite scenes of all time is him fending off the Reavers by disassembling his own leg and turning it into a sniper rifle and just murdering people in an open field. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, and because of his medicine man training, he does still have that connection. And so he does know he is a, uh, is a relatively trained mystic. Uh, he does uh, and has performed some ritual magic in the past and has used that magic to um, to come up against uh, magic herself and a few other uh, magical foes that the X-Men have sort of tussled with throughout their long and storied history. And uh, created by Chris Claremont and John Romita Jr. Yeah, way back yeah. in 84. He was in a relationship with Storm for quite a while. Uh, he was, yeah. He broke up with her because he didn't think she would accept his proposal of marriage. And uh, everything has been awkward with the two of them ever since. Uh, well, well, especially since especially on the same out. team and yeah. married. Yeah. And, yeah. Work relationships uh, never work out. Don't say Although I'm familiar with them most from the Uncanny X-Men days, I, I think my favorite storyline is when he uh, worked with Rom the Space Knight to <laughs> fight the Dire Race. Uh, that was in uh, the 60s or 70s issues of uh, Rom okay. Space Knight. Those of you who now are not aware of who Rom Space Knight is, he was a toy that they decided we need to make because money and so money yes (laughs) uh rom's major villain was the the space space race or something like that yeah yeah and so yeah he helped uh rom set up a defense uh he turned his mutant neutralizer into a space race neutralizer um yeah that was my he favorite. Also had a very cool uh, apartment in New York, which was mostly holograms and solid light projections. So he could change it on the fly anytime he wanted. And it was just cool looking. The stairs were just uh, shining little platforms, and the plants were everywhere. And the windows, the entire thing was, you know, see through on his side. So it kind of just looked like it was floating in space in some of the rooms. It was just kind of cool. It was a cool apartment concept. Because he said, you know, everything's either a hollow projection or solid light, so I can change it however I want. So I liked it when uh, when Forge and, and uh, Banshee sort of went off after the whole Siege Perilous thing. Uh, Banshee was dating Moira McTaggart, and uh, Muir Island got attacked, and they were trying to figure out who was who was attacking, who was behind everything. And so Forge and Banshee went off to kind of figure out who was attacking them. And they kind of had this sort of almost a hard traveling heroes type adventures, trying to figure out what happened to the X-Men, where they were, and uh, if they'd come back from the dead, and also who was trying to attack Muir Island uh, and such. And also they kind of figured out that Moira wasn't quite Moira at the time, and we're trying to figure that out as well. So I like those issues. 
Wasn't that the Reavers that attacked Muir Island? Yeah, but they didn't know that. I think you, yeah, I think that's a crossover. That's this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, spoiler for the 30 year old comic book. Yeah. <laughs> 40 year old. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. old, man. We are. We are old. Reaver's gonna reef. Oh. Reaver gotta reef. Yeah. I don't really have a favorite episode of Four or or a favorite comic book run. I do like the character. I did enjoy some of his cooler weapons and machinations. He kind of struck me a little bit too much in what Josh doesn't like about magic. Like, he could pretty much make whatever he wanted with limited resources. So he always had kind of a, a default forge can invent something to just, you know, stop this. But it was always cooler for me because Forge at least sometimes would have to say, if only I had this and someone might have that or and stuff like that. So it was a little bit more interesting than the just pulled a rabbit out of my hat thing for me. How about you, Josh? Yeah, he, he was always like super mega MacGyver for me. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you still chewing that gum? <laughs> and uh yeah i mean yeah he does he does pull the 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 rabbit out of the hat trick a little a little maybe a little too often but it's it's at least limited to the pile of stuff in front of him which you know always have happen to have enough right yeah um i'm just no, looking I, forward to the crossover rocket raccoon goes i need that guy's leg because it's already a rifle most of the time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I always I always liked the character. He was I mean, really, for the most part, in the X-Men, he's a background character, right? He's support, yeah. right? He was building stuff. He was and very rarely did he, he shine through. Uh, so he sort of, you know, took, he took the, the, the backstage role. He was like the. Um, uh guy who the makes guy the set the at the theater. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> <Q>. <laughs> he wasn't on the front lines very often. Every once in a while you'd see him out yeah. there, but there was a um, – Tommy, you're going to know this. There was a bad guy in Alpha Flight, and she had the same exact power, just a little bit even more spicy. Like she could just point at a car and make it into a robot. Oh, I think you're talking about Box. He could transmute no. things. No, no, Box couldn't transmute things. Box was just Box. Box was like the guy in a wheelchair who could like transmute things into a robot. No, he Box transmute... was getting into the robot. No, no, he made the robot. He made oh, he stuff made, into he the robot. He made the robot. This is a different. I'm thinking of a villain that they fought a couple times because she could do it so fast that like just pointing at a, a truck and it just became a robot that she commanded. Yeah, I'm not sure. Are you thinking of robots? I might be thinking of the GoBots. If they pointed at a canoe... I believe the villain you're thinking of is Michael Bay. <laughs> if, if they were pointing at a canoe and the canoe became a robot, that would definitely be a GoBot. No, Mike, that's the villain of people who do love... Love the Transformers? Love the, yeah, the Transformers, yeah. You've, you've confused yourself there, but I get it. I It's an understandable confusion. Um, Wait, is is Michael Bay making a Transformers porn now for people that love the Transformers? It's like a furry movie, but it's like a but it's but it's like based on Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, Tom's but, uh, already looking it up. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, Tom's, I mean, not, uh, yeah, Tom's like, not interested because robots don't have tentacles. Yeah. 
yeah. when Forge was called upon, like I said, when in that fight with the Reavers where they're down and out, the all the X-Men are sort of pinned down and feeling hopeless, and Forge just falls back into soldier mode and just starts killing Reavers by he's got a sniper rifle and he's just doing his thing. And he kills, I don't know, three or four of the Reavers right there out in the middle. He he trims them by half. Um, which uh, I just I was like, damn. Like that's not what you just once you said once again the, the background character just sort of came forward and he just had a couple of those shining moments I thought I thought were fantastic. Um and also if uh if people aren't super familiar with the Reavers, uh if you watch Logan, the movie, basically a lot of the bad guys in there are based on the Reavers, even though they are less cybernetic than uh the uh their comic counterparts um yeah so it's, it's good yeah 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 the guy who plays uh wade cole the reaver in logan is now the uh the uh bad guy in the reboot of justified oh nice the, oh wait the rebooting justified uh, yeah he has, he has a new series out uh that's happening it's uh something city it's in detroit but there's uh there's already three or four episodes out i think gonna have to check that out i always like justified and uh it was great yeah they're good episodes so far what do you mean by um reboot i mean they're taking the no sorry uh, not a reboot just a a new series just just a new series like Uh, relaunch guy yeah relaunch that's 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 more that's a more apt description mike yeah, I don't that's like kind the, of a tangent. Yes, it is. What? Josh, do you have a tangent for us? Okay, so speaking on cybernetics, so Forge, you know, <laughs> he's got the the cybernetic leg and an arm. We've all, uh, I think, most of us have played Cyberpunk 2020. If you could have one cybernetic upgrade, like <clears throat> I'm not sure you. Could, you can have a choice here, but uh, the rest of us, if you could have one cybernetic upgrade. <laughs> I already have my cybernetic upgrade, so I don't get it. I don't get a pick. It's, it's, I know, but it might not have been your first choice. Oh, it would have been. Yeah, because I like hearing. Whatever. <laughs> hearing is suspicious. I, I like hearing. I like hearing. Tom, what's your cybernetic upgrade of choice? Uh, yeah, that's a toughie. Um it's kind of funny because you two do both have cybernetics installed at the moment, uh, Mike and Josh. LT, nothing installed yet? No. All right. I got a couple of, of cavities drilled out. That was it. Oh, geez. You know, I don't need super strength. I don't need super speed. Maybe something to enhance my uh, intelligence. I wouldn't mind so much. I've always been kind of self-conscious about being kind of uh, – uh, uh, want to be smarter than I am maybe um, that's about it boost the old intelligence or I wouldn't mind a cybernetic implant that gave me perfect pitch I've always or perfect timing uh, you know the people that can like no time like how long something passes like it's been an hour and 40 minutes I've always really wanted to be able to do that and I can't do it I mean, in the old Cyberpunk 2020, they had the uh, the set where you could just chip in skills and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. So perfect pitch or uh, 
always know exactly how long something takes or timing and stuff, I, I think those would be two for me. Tommy, you want to go to sleep. <laughs> I, actually, Come on, if I, you had a cyber implant, you're like, yep, time for nap. Wow, that actually kind of does sound nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to set this for, for five hours, 16 minutes. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, if I could just set it to 15 hours. Oh, my God. It's called scotch. Wow. <laughs> I got a candy bar to help you, too. I mean, I still remember right after you got married and we went out to San Francisco to to, to visit you. I I got like nine hours a night on that vacation. It was like the best sleep. It's because you were sleeping with Andy and Andy's just a very comforting person. Yeah, he kept building yeah. that wall of pillows be- between us. And I'm like, like man. And you kept scaling that wall. <laughs> <laughs> cuddling the shit out. I was like, I just kept sleeping. <laughs> yep. It's the yeah. who, baby. This wall must come down. <laughs> I was like, I quit that wall. I'm just going to sleep. Anyway. Minus yeah. cybernetic upgrade. I just want to dunk. I just want to dunk a basketball. You got so close one year. Do you remember the year where you so really close. tried? So like was, everything in, you were in doing. In college, while I was working construction. I, I was going to say, when you were working ball. construction, yeah. I could dunk a tennis ball, but I couldn't dunk a basketball, and I never did it in a game. It was it was it was just about as close as a guy who's five foot seven can get. Uh, I know. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are people who are five foot seven. And I was about to say you've been proved wrong by um, Spud Webb. Spud. And, yeah, there's yeah. been a couple. There, I mean, there's definitely a, a a small subset of people, my height or shorter, uh, who can dunk and dunk in a basketball game. Although it took Spud Webb a long time, I think six or seven seasons before he actually dunked in a game. It's a long way to travel. He's got to clear some area out. Yeah, it's got to be wide open. Like, it's not the be, same. they got to throw that thing all the way down, and he's got to be like, oh, this oh, is it. Comes. So, yeah, if I, like, just once, just because, like, hand over eyes is one crushing dunk in a basketball, in a pickup basketball game, man, that would really, uh. Why hand over eyes? I don't know that. No? It's Jordan. The not looking, yeah, Jordan. Oh, listen, yeah, I'm not a huge basketball aficionado. All right, learn something new. Hand over the eyes. Good tangent. Did everyone answer? Mikey, did you answer? Yeah, am I hearing? Yeah, you're hearing. <laughs> That's not a bad one. Yeah, perfect pitch would be great. I got pitch. <laughs> it ain't perfect. <laughs> Tommy, are you gonna stick with sleep? Yeah, yeah. You've I also mean, got was... chills, and they're multiplying. Oh yeah, I, I mean it'd be great to have you know, you know, perfect to not to have any back problems anymore. But that would be you know also like secondary. But I think sleep is sleep would be pretty good. Awesome, sleep would be pretty good for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna teach awesome. you how to sleep in my I'm gonna teach you how to sleep in your office. It's it's so easy. <laughs> oh, so nice cozy up there. My office, Tom. I'm taking off my time card. I'm not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, Mikey, you got anything in the front of the long box for us? Yeah, at the front of the long box, I have a very heavy book. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Is it volume one? Volume yeah. one and volume two of uh, the 25th anniversary omnibus of Preacher by Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon. Uh, we were at Terrificon this weekend, and I was mugged by. The, a very charming uh, car salesman named Garth Innes. Uh, 
who, uh, when I went over, I was t- I had him sign Demon Number Zero, and he was going to charge me five dollars for the autograph. And he was like, I mentioned um, what a big fan of him was a preacher. We talked about that for a little bit, and he's like, you know, you ought to buy these. And I was like, yeah, that's I already own the entire series. And he's like, yeah, but hear me out. Me these out. were the ones they sent me. So these have been in my house. And they sell normally for uh, $150 each. But I'll sell you both of them for $150. And I'll autograph them for free. And I was like, I feel like I'm losing money at this point if I don't buy these. Uh, so, yeah, I bought them. So, I like so shut. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Garth But if you haven't read Preacher, freaking amazing. I'm going to uh, do a spoiler if you are going to read it and you don't want a spoiler. Cover your ears for about 30 seconds. It is the best book because it is a redemption story, but not about who you think it is about. That's all I'll say on it. Yeah, but when it's one of the Four comics that I would recommend with, oh shit, that's going to really surprise you, kind of deal. Or at least it did me. All right. Uh, Tommy, what do you got at the back of the long box, bud? So I'm going to go a little bit off brand, and I'm going to recommend the Soft Bulletin at Red Rocks featuring the Colorado Symphony Orchestra uh, and Andre de Ritter. Uh, this is a 20th anniversary uh, release that the uh, Flaming Lips did back in 19 uh, in 20. Uh, sorry, and uh, uh, they recorded this concert in 2016 and then released it in 2019 at the 20th anniversary of the Soft Bulletin, and it is a fantastic sounding album. Uh, the Flaming Lips had Colorado Symphony Orchestra playing along with a 56-strong uh, chorus backing them. And it is just a, a fantastic edition of this album, which I don't know if any of you have listened to the Soft Bulletin, but it's a great album, probably one of the best albums of the past uh, 25 years. Um, and this is just a, a great revamp of it because uh, it brings out this fantastic big sound quality of it with, with the orchestra in the background. All of the music that's normally done by theremin and synth is being done by this big orchestra, um, and it's just fantastic. Yeah, I listened to it over the weekend, thanks to LT. I, I never heard it before, but it was really good. Yeah. So it's good. It's, a, it's got, you know, Waiting for Superman, it's got Race for the Prize, Spoonful Ways of Time, all those great Flaming Lips songs on it. You do name the one Flaming Lips song that we all know. That Spider Bite song? No. What? Do you realize? No. What? The, the stupid, uh, uh, it's used in jamming time. She don't use, use jelly? It. Yeah, she don't use jelly. That was on transmissions from the Satellite Heart. Don't use jam. That's Don't the only Slim Lip song anyone knows, man. You are I, so wrong on that song. I am not. Mikey, before you listen to it with him, was that the only Flame Lip song you knew? No. Did you not I, know any Flaming Lip song? I did not know any Flaming Lip songs. Okay. All right, <laughs> Josh. <laughs> I bet if I played Do You Realize for you guys, you would know that. 
Yeah, because but we, we probably wouldn't know it's Fleming Libs. Yes, but you know uh, the song. And I, you, I, probably, you probably know Waiting for Superman, too. I think over the past 30 years, I've probably seen them five or six times. So, yeah. yeah. I, I know. And they're fantastic live. They are. They're pretty good live. They are. They are amazing. I guess live, they'd be kind of like a jam band then, right? A little bit. (laughs) Okay, so somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Uh, They do do a lot of, not jam, they do a lot of presentation with their music. Yes. Okay. So there's a lot of of other shit going on besides the music at a Flaming Whip show. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, lot of stage presence. Yeah. But they're not doing a lot of improvisation. No, there's a lot of costumes and stuff and motion and other things so, happening. It's a lot of in fact, recitation. Like the monkey. When they originally toured the Soft Bulletin album, they actually had all the drumming pre-recorded because they they couldn't afford a drummer. <laughs> they didn't have a drummer. They, they originally... They originally, one of the guys in the band had done the drumming for it, so they had all the drum tracks pre-recorded, and they had them all playing to the music, and they would play all the other instruments. So, like, they don't do a lot of improvisation in their in their stage shows, but they do a lot of interesting visuals and things. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they put on good show. Sounds like the name of my sex tape. Not a lot of improvisation, but a lot of a lot of stage presence. A lot of stage presence. Yeah. As long as I, when it comes to sex, just stick the landing. Yeah. I mean, there's no man or astro man, but you know. Yeah. But, but a lot of jazz hands. Lot of jazz hands. Tom, do you got three to eighteen for us? I do, and I, I. Part of me doesn't want to ask this because. I, th- I think I know the answer, but I, I'm hoping I might be surprised, or maybe I think I might be surprised. Just your, what is your first thought? There's a new phenomenon out there, a new little thing that's popped up in our consciousness. Started early this summer, maybe early in the year, and it's called pickleball, and it is everywhere. It is ubiquitous. Oh, Josh, don't you even fucking say you never heard of pickleball? No, I've heard of pickleball. I don't. Th- I don't presume to think it started just this summer. It's, no, been it, it, it's gotten popular. It's gotten super years. popular this summer. Um, been, it might have been around for a little while, but pickleball with the actual and the rules and everything. Because I remember pickleball was just like two pads and you try to keep it going. And pickleball was huge in California when I yeah. was out there. Yeah. Okay. So it's taken the nation by storm this year. Everyone can agree on that? A few years. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, what do you think of it? Uh, what do you think of pickleball? Have you tried it? Have you played it? Give me a 3 to 18 on, uh, uh, on pickleball. I think it's a great sport for injuring elderly people. For injuring? Yes. Why injuring elderly people? Well, apparently it's like the number like the number one physical injury reason for people over the age of 60 right now is trying pickleball. So I don't huh. know. It's like it's like it's like it's like the death lure. I don't know. I don't know why suddenly people of that age think to themselves, I'm going to go do something really physical that I've never done before. But, but it sounds delicious, unless it's <laughs> butter, unless it's bread and butter pickles, which are disgusting. It's Here's the thing. It's it's supposed to be more low impact than tennis. So maybe people who play tennis think, oh, well, I can try pickleball, and they shouldn't. The problem is they tried tennis 20 years ago. Yeah. And now and they pretty... think, 
somehow I can do this. So you're thinking that the people who paid 10 or 20 years ago are like now, hey, oh, pickleball is the easy yeah. version, and they're hurting themselves. And that might yeah, be it. They're, all getting, they're all just getting horribly injured. I haven't played myself, um, and honestly, I was terrible at tennis when I tried it as a teenager. Uh, I tried it again in my 20s because someone was like, hey, let's go play some tennis. And I've just never been a paddle sport guy. Never, like, I'm not good at ping pong. I'm not, I was never good at tennis. Just never my thing. Uh, That's funny because you got great hand eye. I, I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put the sport down. I give it a shot. I'll give it a nine. Give it a nine. I'm right I'll, down the I'll, middle. You know what? It, it injures a lot of old people. I'll give it a 10. There you go. All right, Mikey, scale of three to 18. What do you think about it and have you tried it? I I know uh, an elderly person who was broke her arm playing pickleball, so I'm going to give it an eight. Stop trying to kill our seniors. I'll bump Bobby. that up to an 11. Uh, I like the fact that a bunch of uh, rich people like the sport and also hate the sport because they're finding that it makes a lot of noise in their neighborhoods, and they're upset about that. So I give it a 12. I'm going to give it a 12 for the same exact reason Tommy did. There's a lot of NIMBYs out there who play pickleball all the time, but they don't want one in their neighborhood because it does make a little tick. It makes a noise. It's louder than tennis. Um, I haven't played it yet, but it kind of looks fun. And also, I hate yucking anyone's yum. If you like it, it's super popular. And another thing about pickleball is it's a little bit like LARP. The people who are already playing want you to play with them. They will loan you a paddle. They will loan you a ball. They will draw you into their cult. So they're very nice folks, mostly because they want the cult to grow. So oh, when are grown. we going, Tom? Play pickleball? Yeah, let's do it. I'll, I'll play pickleball, would you? All right. I'll there's got to be some drink. If, if there's pickleball, there's got to be drinking. Like, oh, I yeah. can't imagine this is a sport where you're not supposed to drink. This, from, let me tell you, Dorchester rules. Okay. <laughs> from what I've noticed. Lay down. Every time, if you um, a can dodge a goes, wrench, you can dodge a pickleball. Uh, this is Dorchester. If you can dodge a knife attack or a bullet, <laughs> had a lot of knife attacks this week. <laughs> kind of going around. I'm trying to. I, I think I'm immune. I took a shot. I, I got I shots. Now you did take a lot of shots this week. It was tough. It was a tough week for Roxbury. Yeah, it was a tough yeah. week for. Yeah, there was. It was a tough week for a lot of big cities. The heat wave always kind of ups up the violence. Uh, good news out of Memphis today. Someone, uh, maybe I should say it better than that. You know, a school shooting. And, uh, nobody was hurt except the shooter. The school did the exact perfect lockdown. I hope this becomes a model for other schools because they were able to keep the gunmen out of the building. So maybe some of the security services are working that we're trying. Or he only had a revolver instead of an AK or AR. Yeah, it, yeah, it's true. He wasn't as armed as some um, some of what's happened. Let's yeah, go plugs, wow. plugs, 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 plugs. I'd like to thank Kirby Crackle providing our geek rock music every week. You can check him out at kirbycracklemusic.com. I'd like to plug geekorthodox.com. 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 Hello, Tammy. I'll see you at Gen Con weekend. GeekOrthodox.com for very fine stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rock glass, sake sets, barking dogs, you name it, they've got it. GeekOrthodox.com. And if you yeah. want t-shirts and other apparel, you got to go to IanLino.com. And I know or it's too late. go to Gen Con. <laughs> you go to Gen Con, uh, and uh, they may have some leftovers of their Gen Con-specific static clings, their Gen Con uh, D- 
D20 pins, and I think there's going to be a t-shirt and a few stained glasses for Everdell, as they have teamed up with the Everdell Game Company to do uh, a bunch of uh, stained glass static clings for all those games. Will you keep the bug in the air for me for Vulgar Unicorn? That's that's the that's the one I'm waiting for. Okay. Yeah. So that was the bar I need to roll. Yeah. So geekorthodox.com for all your stained class clings and ianlino.com for all your apparel needs. And, and Josh, you talked about Gen Con for a minute, but you forgot to mention sword classes. Will there be sword instruction at Gen Con? There will. I'm doing four classes, two on Friday, two on Saturday, and four three. They're all booked up at this point. Uh, so I got, uh, I'll have uh, 40 friends to play with swords at Gen Con this weekend, and I, uh, I can't wait to get out there and uh, muck it up. Is it the same four classes? Or are you doing? Uh... No, it's all intro to longsword. It's all just intro one basic longsword. longsword class. Yeah. You didn't want to take them all the way through level four? Come on, man. There's some tired ass people at the end, but shit. <laughs> no, no, I'm just excited. Yeah. I'm excited for you. You really should take video of that sometime. Just give, give us a video clip so we can put it on the thing. That's fair. Yeah, do that up. Come on, man. Mikey, I uh, guess that's all the plugs. Everyone plugged? I'm plugged. You're plugged? I'm plugged. Yeah, all right, sure. let's do this then. And uh, thank you to our Patreon patrons who did listen to our other podcast where we talked a little bit about other things that were weird over the weekend. Uh, all the money does go to the Elizabeth Peabody House. With a new director taking over. Tommy, you're taking over as the food bank director? I'm taking over as the food bank manager, yes. Oh, man, you're going to be terrific to work for. It's going to be a great time. Exactly. And and you can help support the Elizabeth Peabody House by joining our Patreon. How do you join the Patreon, Tom? Uh, You just go to longboxguys backslash or forward slash I can never remember. Longboxguys.com. And you can just for one dollar. That's not even Patreon.com right? slash the long box, guys. I I I I I, I might have had one too many scotches. It's one of those things. And for a mere one dollar a month. One dollar a month, the same price as a hand job at the bus station. Sure, just like downtown. For one dollar a month, you can get an extra podcast almost every week. And also, if you see us at a con, you get to slap uh, at least one of us once for free. That's a new rule. That's a new level. That's a new tier. Only Diane gets that. <laughs> Only Diane gets that. We're probably asking yeah. for it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Probably we, true. I mean, we know what we did. Yeah, we know how we were dressed. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of, of which, you know, we do have Pensacola coming up uh, in a while, uh, but I'm already looking forward to it. Yeah. Band oh, comic God. books. <laughs> Don't oh, read those. Good. Last tangent. One last tangent, and I'm I'm sticking this right at the very end because I know nobody's listening. But, and I love all these people, non-binary people, you need a new name. You just need a new name because you chose non-binary, which makes your two choices binary and non-binary, which makes it binary. You need a new fucking name. (laughs) I don't care what it is. Just logically... (laughs) broken shit that makes sense how dare you say something so brave and yet so true i know <laughs> uh, it probably uh, yeah. send your complaints to lucky bastard at the long box guys yeah pick a new name pick a new name it's we love like, you <laughs> i love you. you know non-binary people probably didn't get together and pick that one i think it might have been thrust upon them 
Probably by goody goodies. There wasn't the best. Is what and there was, <laughs> and there was no mathematician in the room, or lot, <laughs> or computer science person. Yeah, or, not a or people who skilled person. in logic in general. <laughs> Any last plugs, anybody? Nope, anybody? Bueller. Then Josh Gencon sword fighting classes. Is that your uh, sector? Sector. Absolutely, Indianapolis, Indiana. I'll see you soon. My sector. My sector. Mikey. Mikey, beautiful, beautiful Mikey. What is this podcast like to you? It's like drunk history, but for comics. Tommy, the only one who gets to switch it up. Any last words for us, Tommy? Oh, this podcast is like handing out knowledge, just like it's going to be like handing out food when I start as a food bank manager. Goddamn right. And don't forget what I always say. Don't complain about what you hate. Just promote what you're going to love. You'll live longer. Probably. I think so. Maybe. Sure, why not? Goodbye. Sure, why not? Goodbye. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye.